we begin our new series today called Frontlines. And the Word of God says that we are the light of the world. We are a city set on a hill. And that applies to every aspect of our lives. So as we go into the Word, I just want us to pray together. Father, we bring our 100,000 hours of our lives before you. That 100,000 hours of, of working, of laboring. And Father, we pray that it would be sanctified. We pray, Lord God, we would approach it with faith, Lord God. And today and in the weeks ahead, that you would refresh our perspective. Lord God, let there be no secular, secular divide. Lord God, may we do everything to your glory. And may you be in everything that we do. Father, we commit this time to you. Speak to every heart. Those who are in a difficult place, Lord, refresh them and show them the way. Those who need encouragement, bring it. Lord, those who need direction, bring it. In Jesus' name, amen. God wants us to shine him with excellence, with integrity, with creativity, with joy in the workplace. I spoke about the 100,000 hours. If you work about 48 years, and that's what they say we're going to work these days. Um, if you work about 45 hours a day in uh, 48 weeks, did I get that right? 45 a week, not a day. Uh -huh. You may think that you're working that, but you're not. <laughs> Comes to 100,000 hours, and God is meant to be in the midst of it. And he's not meant to be, you know, at home or on a Sundays, I worship Jesus, but the rest of the week, it's, I'm just by myself. He wants to be in you and with you and operating through you. And you bring the kingdom of God wherever you are. We're going to go to a passage of Scripture, Esther, chapter 4, verse 11. It's an incredible story of overcoming. It's an incredible story of miracles. Don't look at it in the context of what it's trying to teach us about men and women's relationship, because that, that's not the point of it. The point is the way Esther overcame. It's about her navigating a difficult and a hostile environment with faith and purity and trusting God. So the context behind this, you all remember the story of, of Esther. It was um, Donald Trump's Miss Universe competition meets Bursuk Fro meets the Swazi Reed Festival. I mean, that's kind of what it was. <laughs> and she gets shanghaied into this position, and she becomes first the concubine, and then she becomes the queen. And God has raised her up for such a time as this. And then comes a massive conspiracy against the Jews. And this is where we pick up. All the king's servants and the people of the king's province know that if any man or woman goes to the king inside the inner court without being called, there is but one law to be put to death. This was the first man cave and it was bad. Except the one to whom the king holds out the golden scepter so that he may live. But as for me, I have not been called to come to the king those 30 days, these 30 days. So she, she's not had interaction with the king, but they're saying to her, go stand before the king and speak to him on behalf of the Jews. And then Mordecai, her uncle, told them to reply to Esther, do not think to yourselves that in the king's palace you will escape any more than all the other Jews. Don't just think about yourself. For if you keep silent at this time, Relief and deliverance will rise for the Jews from another place, but you and your father's house will perish. And who knows whether you have not come to the kingdom 
for such a time as this. Then Esther told them to reply to Mordecai, go gather all the Jews to be found in Susa and hold a fast on my behalf and do not eat or drink for three days, night or day. I and my young woman will also fast as you do. Then I'll go to the king, though it is against the law. And if I perish, I perish. What faith, what courage, what a heart this woman has. Not just thinking about herself, but thinking about others. My personal background is business, as many of you know. And uh, Nicola and I only came into full-time ministry when I was 40. As I speak to you today, as I speak to you about trusting God for miracles in the workplace, about persevering and remaining pure, and believing that God wants to be with you and through you, I do it from the perspective of somebody who's done it, who has seen the faithfulness of God in every sphere of life. May you be seeing it in your family and your marriage, and may you see it in your prayer life. May you also see it in your nine to five. May you also see it on the front line. I've been an entrepreneur, I've worked for multinationals, I've served on listed boards and various things, and I've seen the hand of God through it all. God wants to be with you. God wants to take you on an adventure. God wants to do miracles, signs, and wonders. And it doesn't matter how difficult the situation is. So consider Esther. Consider how bad it was, and yet consider the miracles that, that God worked. Firstly, it's a double L twice loser people. They're disempowered people. They've been conquered by the Babylonians. Then the Babylonians have been conquered by the Persians. So they are at the bottom of the pecking order at that particular time. She personally has minimal social capital. Now consider yourself in your workplace. She's single. She's an orphan. She's a Jew. She's disempowered, and yet she trusts God, and God does great things. She's in a culture that is morally dubious. I mean, we're not quite sure how it worked out when she was, you know, you are going to join the court, but it was a dubious culture. It's a highly political, complicated, legal environment. If the king made a law, he couldn't revoke the law. He had to make another law to, like, mitigate the effects of the first law. I mean, what a complicated environment. There was a massively high Gini coefficient. The disparity between the rich and the poor was unbelievable. The king had just held a 180-day feast. I mean, I'm going to a wedding this afternoon. I mean, just 180-day feast. Just, just imagine. There was ongoing war. This was the king who went against the Spartans. Remember the Spartans and 300? If you saw the movie, you might have need to repent afterwards. But there, there was... Ongoing war in that environment. Regular drought. There was massive economic uncertainty. No fear of God in that environment. And she is not seen for who she really is. Have you ever felt at work that you're not seen for what's inside of you? Not seen for who you are? And yet, God used her. And I want you to take hold of the principles that we see here. I want you to take hold of the life of Esther and what she did and how she overcame. Because we serve the same God then as today and tomorrow. Jesus the same yesterday, today, and tomorrow. And he's for us. So the first thing, four-point sermon, unlike Siv, I don't seem to get down to three. <laughs> Understand this. God loves you. And God is for you, and God wants to prosper you. 
But sometimes you bring things upon yourself. Sometimes your lack of wisdom, sometimes your lack of understanding the law of the land, sometimes your lack of understanding the culture or the company, the culture of, of the company that you're in, causes you not to prosper. All through Scripture, you see the men and women of God understanding well. Paul, in a difficult moment, says, I'm a Roman citizen. I appeal to Caesar. He knew the laws. We are called to exegete. And exegete is normally used to describe what we do with Scripture. But we are called to properly see and interpret and understand and discern the environments that we are in. We are called to understand where God has placed us. So Esther, when faced with what she faced, when she first is put into the, the harem of the king, and, uh, and it's her moment, says she asked for nothing except what Hagar, the king's eunuch, who had charge of the woman, advised. She even knew what she didn't know. She had um, conscious incompetence. And she navigated the culture, seeing things correctly. Now, friends, we are called in the business environment as parents, as marriage, but we're focusing on business, we are called to be people who are willing to do the research to understand the environment that we are in. With love and with wisdom, we are, we are meant to come to understand the heart and the view of the people and the institution that we're in. We need to see their perspective on God and on Scripture we need to understand what they perceive as right and wrong, their core values, their experiences, their dreams. And then we need to come in and bring the kingdom. You know, one of my greatest failures in business was I got involved in a restaurant. I know you're asking, what do I know about restaurants? <laughs> I failed to do due diligence. I failed to research enough. It wasn't that God didn't love me. It wasn't that he wasn't for me. I just didn't give enough attention to it. The great Oz Guinness, one of the greatest Christian authors that's alive today, he wrote a book called Fit Bodies, Fat Minds. And he says, we're in this era where it's all outward appearance, it's all about you know, being healthy and strong, but Christianity for the last hundred years has seemed to have lost its ability to think through things. We are called to be people who love the Lord our God with all our heart, mind, soul, and strength. We are called to think and to think deeply about things. You know, Paul's approach when he went into different environments varied. When he was engaging the believers in Acts 13, it was different. His approach to the peasant polytheists in Acts 14. When he came to the sophisticated pagans in Athens, he followed a different approach. When he engaged the hostile Jews in Acts 21, a different approach. When he engaged the governing elite, Acts 24, a different approach. We are called to understand the environment that we're in. Even when it comes to sharing the gospel, sometimes we appeal to people in terms of the burden of sin, sometimes the existential need to be loved. There's different approaches, and we need to be people who are wise and understanding, whether it's in sharing the gospel or operating in business. The second thing that we are meant to get in terms of exegeting, understanding the environment, we need to trust God for revelation. Supernatural, divine, words of knowledge, words of wisdom. So I stepped away from business and, um, and, and gladly been following the Lord the last 12 years. I've had a min minority stake in a particular business. And three and a half years ago, 
I've been fulfilling a chairman role. Three and a half years ago, I get this dream, Holy Spirit dream, and it's that one of our major joint venture partners is going to leave us. Jewish guy. So I sent him a WhatsApp. I said to him, we need to talk. I had a dream that you're leaving. <laughs> Instant return. We've got to meet. <laughs> and so over the next nine months, we began a process. But firstly, it so spoke to him. And since then, I've had a few other dreams for him. And I'm trusting God that he's going to come to salvation. I had a dream about his grandson recently, about a month ago. And again, it just spoke to him. So I had this dream that he's going to leave us. And, he, and he, when I met with him for coffee, he said, absolutely. Um, I'm so frustrated, X, Y, Z. We tried to resolve frustrations. I'm not able to do it. But I just had such a peace in my heart because God had said, God had revealed it. God wants to speak to you about your future. God wants to speak to you about your work situation. God wants to speak to you about your business. Will you trust God, not just for miracles and prophecies and signs and wonders here on a Sunday? Yes, here on Sunday, but also in your workplace. Will you allow God to lead you and direct you and tell you what to do? Amen. Amen. The third way that we exegete our environment, the first is applying our minds. The second one is just that Holy Spirit, word of knowledge, word of wisdom. And the third way is through relationships. I have gleaned so much from the people around me, the people who have gone before me, the people who have coached me and mentored me and spoken to me and my brothers and my friends who have helped me in business. You know, we've got a, an incredible business network here. We've got Kath and Mercia and Dave Porter and a whole lot of people who can help you. Some of you need that help. Some of you need to give that help. <laughs> but we are called to be a community with each other. And we are called to help one another with the experiences that we have got. And we're also called to share our needs with one another. And so, share the burden. We're called to exegete our environment, see into our environment, through these three, three, through these three methods. Excuse me. The second thing that we're meant to do, and Esther does this so well, we are meant to incarnate. The word incarnate... You know, the word um, chili con carne, it literally means to become in the flesh, you know, in, in, in meat. Esther is a type of Christ. She goes and stands before the king, making intercession for the people. She does that. Jesus is our great example, and we follow him. And, and what he did, we need to do too. But friends, there are people who will never see God unless they see it through us. There are some people that aren't going to come to church for a long time until we bring Jesus to them. And we are called in the workplace to incarnate Jesus. And the first thing we are called to do, and, and Jesus' life speaks of it, and we are called to do this. The Bible says we, we should pray for our enemies, and how much more then should we pray for our bosses <laughs> and, and pray for our companies and pray for our place of employment, pray for it to prosper. We are called to be people who stand in the gap. You should come with a perspective of, if I'm here, the kingdom of God is here. And it's going to prosper. Pray for your family. Pray for your friends. But pray for your workplace. Pray for change and trust God for this. Secondly, we are called to incarnate. Reflect Jesus. Be Jesus by the purity 
with which we walk. And this means navigating skillfully certain corporate environments. Some things you just have to say no to. Some conversations, some activities you just can't be part of. We were negotiating a, a potential joint venture, different joint venture, and uh, the negotiations were going well, but the environment was terrible. The, the, the volume of blasphemy and swearing was just off the charts. And uh, I laid a fleece before the Lord. I just said, if this is how our board meetings are going to be, I don't want to do this joint venture. And it was the best thing I could have ever done. Because the blasphemy and the swearing didn't abate. And it was God's leading for us. Some things we're just not meant to be part of. And I pray that God lead you and, and, and set you free from a fear of man. But stand up for what is right. Nicola and I, we don't mind walking out of movies if the movies are going sideways. Some things we can endure, but some things we should not tolerate. There needs to be a purity when it comes to sexuality, sex, when it comes to corruption. We are called to be the light on the hill. Went to go see a client when, when I was still worked in the company. And uh, I just couldn't believe it. The guy said, you can get the contract. You just need to look after me. <laughs> I'm like, what? <laughs> Thank you for the meeting. Um, let me know if you still want to do, do business with us. He never phoned us, and it was the best thing ever. It was the best thing ever. May we be people who trust God and don't trust the, hands of the, the arm of the flesh. Sometimes the generation that we're in expects things to come instantly. And there isn't that perseverance. And you think because it hasn't come overnight that it's not God. But the word of God says, by faith and perseverance, we inherit the promise. Whether it's your studies, young man, young woman, whether it's the company, whether it's the job, sometimes we just need to keep going. Jesus persevered. Esther persevered in a difficult circumstance. Will we be those people who incarnate Jesus through our perseverance? through our holding fast. Fourthly, productivity. We cannot expect God, sorry, expect people to take us seriously if we are not fruitful and productive and being a blessing in the workplace. People should look at us and our testimony should be consistent. What we say, what we do, and how hard we work. Because friends, we do it as unto the Lord. We do it not when people are watching us. We do it as worship unto God. As, as Simon mentioned, Pastor Simon mentioned, in everything we're meant to glorify God. Every aspect of our life is meant to be worship, including work. So bring your Monday morning before the Lord and say, God, let me do this to your glory. Let people see you in me because of the way I work. And then lastly, in terms of how we meant to incarnate we are meant to speak about Jesus in our workplace. Now, yes, maybe you need to do it at lunchtime and tea time, not while you're meant to be working. But God has chosen to use the foolishness of preaching. As God has touched our lives, we are called to speak of Him. This is basic Christianity. This is what it means to be a disciple. You know what a disciple is? Someone who makes disciples in turn. 
Someone who's willing to tell people of, how was your weekend? It was great. Went to this place. God moved. It was amazing. I've been struggling with something. I prayed. God came through. Went to church. I received the prophetic word. We are meant to speak to people of what God has done in our lives. We are meant to preach. I know it's like a politically incorrect word. You know, you're getting preach on me. Yes, let's get preachy. Let's do it with wisdom. Let the only thing that is offensive be the gospel, not our breath or the way we deliver it. Amen. And heck, I've just had a cup of coffee. I shouldn't have said that. <laughs> but we are called to speak of God fearlessly. And Esther spoke freely about the Lord. Thirdly, what we're meant to do is we are meant to bring revival. Wherever we are, we are meant to bring revival. We are meant to be that man, that woman, who's, who, who's aflame and sets other people aflame. That a fire starts burning in the workplace because of us. It's not just about our career. It's about us loving those people, loving your boss, loving those who work for you, loving those around you. Esther 4 verse 16, we read this. You go gather the Jews and fast for me, and I will get my attendance, and we will fast. It's not just her. Her faith, her life is inspirational. There's a flame, and she's setting others aflame as well and saying, let's trust God together. Will you start a prayer group at work? Will you share Jesus at work? Will you believe for the kingdom to come at work? Will you believe for revival in the workplace? Incarnate Jesus, exegete the environment, but then bring revival to the workplace. I've seen it. I've seen it happen. I've seen God move. Will you trust for revival in the workplace? The consequence of what Esther did is in 8 verse 15. And the city of Susa, this is where she was at, shouted and rejoiced. And the Jews had light and gladness and joy and honor. This is the sign of revival. The kingdom of God is righteousness, peace, and joy. This is what we are meant to bring, joy and honor and light and life into every environment. And the last thing that she brought and we are called to bring is we are called to bring reformation. What does this word mean? It's the act of improving or transforming an institution or practice. This is part of the DNA of us as every nation, and it came from the early His People days. That not only do we bring the gospel in the narrow sense of the transformation of the heart, and it's got to start there, we also believe in transforming the institutions, business, government, NGOs, whatever it is. Esther 8 verse 5, she's, she's speaking. She says, if the thing seems right before the king, and I am pleasing in his, in his eyes, let an order be written. Let's change the laws. O king, please issue a directive. Let the whole environment be changed. Whether it's policy, laws, human resource practices, procurement practices, economic policy, whatever it is, we are called to change things. We are called to bring reformation. Will you believe God again for these things? Will you believe God to bring light and life into your workplace? God wants to do miracles. He did miracles through Esther. 
so many people in this house, they've seen the hand of God. They've seen the miracles. Will you believe God again for your situation? Will you exegete the environment through research, through revelation, through building relationships? Will you incarnate? Will you be Jesus? Through prayer, purity, perseverance, productivity, and preaching. Will you trust God again for revival and for reformation in the workplace? Let's bow our heads in prayer. If you're in a place of thorns and thistles, if you're in a place of dryness in your work, whether you're a student, whether you're working from home, whether you've got a job, if you need that revival again in your own soul, if you're in a place of hardship or disappointment, discouragement, God wants to come in. It's no condemnation but have the courage to acknowledge it. Have the bravery, the humility to say, God, I need you in this place. I need my heart changed. I need my perspective changed. I need the situation to change. My attitude towards my boss, I need breakthrough. I need a job or, or I need a promotion, whatever it might be. If for you it feels like a dry place, we want to pray for you today. I'm not going to ask you to come forward, but if you need breakthrough in the workplace, any one of these contexts, won't you stand and we're going to trust God together right now for breakthrough. Thank you, Father. This place of your 100,000 hours is meant to be filled with God. This place is meant to be a place of joy and life. Just lift up your hands if you're standing and if, if you're seated and people are around you standing, just put your hands in them as we pray for them. We are a disciple-making church and we all get involved. Thank you, Father. Thank you that you hear our prayers, Lord God. And Father, I pray first and foremost for heart change, for faith to arise in your people, Lord God, for fresh perspective, Lord God, and for renewal of their hearts, Lord, where they've become discouraged, where they're disappointed, Lord God, where they've been hurt, Breathe afresh, Lord God, fresh hope, fresh vision, fresh perspective, Lord God. We bring these hours before you. We bring this part of our lives and we say, come in, Lord God. Come in and bless. Come in and prosper. Help us to do things according to your principles, according to your word. Holy Spirit, lead. Give revelation. Give words of wisdom, words of knowledge, Lord God. Breathe your breath of life upon us, Lord God. Come in, Lord God. May we prosper in this area, even as we prosper inside, Lord God. May we prosper in this area. May we glorify you in this area, Lord God. Father, thank you that you hear our prayers. Thank you that you heard Esther's. Lord, as she stepped into the gap, and thank you that you hear ours. Jesus, you're the same yesterday, today, and forever. And Lord, your word says, where two or three agree is touching anything, it shall be done. And we agree right now for change and transformation in our hearts, and in our workplace, and in our jobs, and the jobs that we need. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen and amen. Let's just pray.